Let's bring uh, our good friend Jack Windsor on, as we do each and every Wednesday. Jack is uh, he is the uh, founder and the editor of the Ohio Press Network, but moreover, he is the State House reporter for and correspondent covering the Ohio State House for us here on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. So he joins us every Wednesday with State House news, and boy, oh boy, is there a lot of State House news. Jack Windsor, good morning, my friend. How are you, sir? Bob, I'm super fantastic. It's always an honor to be here with you and the listeners. And uh, it brings a smile to my face. I I can dig it today, man. There's a lot going on. Can't wait to unpack it. Better believe it. Uh, So let's just start with what Jason Stevens did yesterday in ignoring uh, every amendment put forth and not even allowing some amendments to be voiced uh, by by the likes of Josh Williams. I just talked to Phil Plummer about that. But the rules package was, uh, was, was drafted by Stevens, his gang of 22, and whatever Democrats uh, they consulted with. And no amendments that were that were offered or put forth by anybody who sided with and supported Derek Marin for the speakership was even considered. So the rules package was was passed without any amendments whatsoever being considered. Uh, Jack Windsor, what does that say to you? Well, it says to me um, that this is Bob Paducek and the Ohio Republican Party State Central Committee all over again. Uh, the exception being that in the Republican Party, uh, that's a private uh, enterprise. Uh, the state house is not and jason stevens ran yesterday the way that bob paducek used to run ohio republican party state central committee meetings he steamrolled he ignored and uh you know he gaveled down any any type of objection or anyone that tried to to rise uh rise up and offer amendments uh which was the case uh some folks wanted to offer up phil Plummer uh instead of john cross for the fourth highest position in the state house and a couple of people uh, rose uh, as they are uh, endowed by uh, the laws of this land to do. They rose to uh, amend some of the House rules, and uh, they were ignored. They were flat out ignored. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and I talked to several people after afterwards who said, "Yeah, that was stunning. I've never seen anything like it." Um, a Jack, lot of people I'm confused. Are still, really. I'm confused. Help me out here. Um, I was told that the gang of 22 that supported Jason Stevens in this thing and then gave power to the Democrats in order to help him get elected, they said that Derek Maron wouldn't be a unifier. That Derek Maron was going to be much more of a uh, you know a power mad uh, individual, a super ultra uber conservative who wasn't going to consider any other ideas other than his own he wasn't going to reach out and uh give people the respect that they deserve with important committee appointments and so forth this is what they said so um i have to ask you as this whole thing played out yesterday did it look as though the party was unified under leader and uh, speaker jason stevens no not one iota in fact i sent a text message to the 22 and several others and said hey uh in my book unifiers don't steamroll how do you reconcile your voting for stevens on the premise that he would listen and he would be a unifier after today uh i only got one uh, response back and it was a, a deflection uh from sarah carruthers who was one of the representatives who was whipping votes for Stevens uh, over the holidays. Um, but no, I, I didn't see leadership. I, again, I, the same spirit that we I just talked about that that is rolling through right now in the state house. I mean, that is to Ohio politics what Colonel Tom Parker was to Elvis Presley. Let's be clear. Um, they're going to exhaust and break the system. 
So you heard back from one of 22, and that was Sarah Carruthers. What did you hear back from her? Um, I'd have to look at it. It was something along the lines of, um, you know, it was a snarky, deflective response. Sounds like you're already, you've already written your opinion piece, so why would you ask me, was her response. Um, now, in fairness, I did get um, Bill Seitz, who is, you know, an elected leader now of the state house. I did talk with Mr. Seitz for about 30 minutes last night, and, you know, he offered up some things uh, in his perspective on yesterday, which I thought were quite interesting. Can you share those? Yes. So, you know, the first thing he said was, look, some of the rules change. Well, actually, first he said, when in the history of the General Assembly have people rose up and offered to amend the rules or offered to amend the, the leadership slate? He said, I haven't seen it in all of my time here. And I asked other people and I said, well, let's just pause right there. Let me ask you this. When in the history of the General Assembly has a Republican who comes from a supermajority been elected by a majority of Democrats? to the speaker's chair, and he couldn't answer that. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, the premise was they were trying to do something that's never been done, and I said, well, was that against the rules? Well, no, it didn't appear to be against the rules. He said, but what we were trying to do was stop them from proposing some of their rule changes because they were embarrassing, and we helped make sure that Ohio wasn't the laughing stock of the country and uh, that the Republican Party wasn't embarrassed yesterday by some of the rules. So that was his premise, that uh, you know he and uh, Jason Stevens and the Gang of 22 and, of course, the 32 Democrats know better than the 35 to 45 Republicans who were offering rules changes yesterday, and they didn't want the rest of the world to see it uh, to embarrass the Republican Party. We're talking to Jack Windsor, uh, the uh, founder and editor of the Ohio Press Network. <clears throat> he is also our Statehouse correspondent, also my co-host on Talk and Smack with Bob and Jack, our podcast, our uh, uh, twice-weekly podcast on politics, news, and more. Jack, I just had Phil Plummer on. Phil Plummer yesterday called for the resignation of Jason Stevens after his refusal to consider amendments, refusal to even recognize mm-hmm. members uh, who who of the caucus who had uh, wanted to wanted to speak on these issues, uh, and then of course making the deals with the Democrats. He said he should resign. Um, any any uh, thoughts on that? I asked him about the motion to vacate. He said it's a pretty high number you'd have to get in order to make that happen. That it doesn't mean they wouldn't start the process. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, that's and that's really an opinion uh, for me. Um, do I think that he should be, uh, do I think that he should resign? Um, if I were him, I would be embarrassed. I mean, I'm going to say it again. He is to Ohio politics. The spirit by which he operated yesterday is to Ohio politics what Colonel Tom Parker was to Elvis Presley. He wore him out for money. So if that if that's what's going to happen if he's going to da- gavel down all opposition if he's going to you know get to a point where 35 to 45 members which you know a quick calculation says those 35 to 45 people represent about 5 million ohioans if he's going to get to the point where he gavels them down that democrats are snickering and laughing at them in in the house chamber um you know i if he feels okay with that and doesn't want to resign that's fine there are legal avenues that uh, opponents of his could take, and it is a high threshold. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. I, I, I don't know if he's going to continue to operate the House the same way that he operated it yesterday. If he did, um, it, it's going to be a heck of uh, 135th General Assembly. 
Jack, what do you think, and this is your opinion too, what do you think the the Democrats are doing right now? After watching the disarray, after watching you know a, a long-time, well-respected uh, chairman of a committee, senior member of the, of the State House like Phil Plummer calling for the resignation immediately of the newly appointed slash elected speaker, um, and a huge rift, a massive divide among what was supposed to be a unified 67-member supermajority. What do you think the Democrats are doing right now? Well, I think they're doing the same thing that uh, the uh, political class is doing, which obviously permeates the Republican Party. They're snickering. They're laughing. Um, you know, the 21 of 22 people who voted for Stevens, um, they were placed in positions of leadership, which I think is about $10,000 more a year. Uh, the one freshman lawmaker who wasn't appointed to a committee chair was named vice chair of uh, the Utilities Commission, which is a committee which is you know massively powerful. Now, they will come back and say, well, but we put all of... Uh, you know, the people in leadership positions that asked for it, well, what they won't tell you, according to sources, is that they created seven new committees that are kind of subcommittees and watered down, and, and, and the power of those committees is is nil. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of window dressing. But well, I'll tell you what the Democrats won't say, uh, and, and they're not going to say what they would say if Josh Williams were a Democrat. If Josh Williams was treated the way that he was treated yesterday by Jason Stevens, um, according to uh, Representative Barhorst, who's a freshman, we, we exchanged messages yesterday. He said the way that Jason Stevens treated him, it was disrespectful. So w- would the Democrats be silent if Josh Williams was a Democrat, if a Republican, white Republican speaker uh, ignored um, a, a black member of the House, the way that he ignored Josh Williams, uh, how would Democrats act? Um, which I think is a big signal about do they really care about race? No, they don't. They care about power um, is, is what some of the insiders are telling me. Um, and I did have a chance to talk with Josh Williams last night. It was a very intriguing conversation. And, uh, man, he seems to be a powerhouse. Um, I was super impressed um, with the responses that he gave me to some hard questions. So was Phil Plummer, because uh, I asked him about that question as well, Jack, and uh, he is very by, impressed by Josh Williams as well, and it's astounding that, as uh, he said, that a guy who may be the first uh, African-American in this caucus to be treated that way by the Speaker is... is uh, he, he shouldn't expect any different treatment. He shouldn't expect anything different. Doesn't matter whether you're black or white or, or, or anything else, uh, but to be treated with respect. But the fact that he is the first African American to be treated with such disrespect does speak volumes, I think, um, for Jason Stevens. So, um, I also asked Phil Plummer, and I don't know how much of it you heard, but I asked him about what this means for, uh, redistricting, redistricting. The fact that, uh, Stevens surrendered uh, more power on the redistricting commission to the Democrats as a part of his little deal to get their vo- their votes and their support. Um, this could be the first step to a multi-year process of turning this state blue by redrawing the lines in a favorable way for the Democrats uh, and literally surrendering the majority power that the Republicans have here. If that happens, he will go down in history a certain kind of way. Uh, but history isn't going to save us if it happens and we have to deal with this. Yeah, speaking of history, I'm going to actually get in front of that question before I answer it and just point to uh, Whitney and I have been watching the movie Lincoln. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's fascinating. I have. I have, Uh, yeah. uh, It's a good period movie, circa 1865, when the 13th Amendment, uh, the resolution was passed by by Congress. 
And, uh, you know, even back then, they bought votes, they cajoled, they politicked in ways that were probably a little bit shady. Um, but it's easy to get caught up in the emotion of the movie and go, well, yeah, but the end kind of justifies the means. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it funny that in 2023, Republicans who got 32 Democrats to vote for them are claiming that there were no deals? <laughs> I just that struck me when I watched uh, when I watched Lincoln. I went, look at all the politicking that was going on in 1865. So to your point about deals, yes, redistricting, um, I've heard from more than two dozen people. Uh, is is part of the bargaining uh, agreement with Jason Stevens and the Democrats. And um, my understanding is that Jason Stevens is going to allow Jay Edwards to be on that commission um, in his stead. We'll ask Jay Edwards that tonight on our podcast. But the important part is, and I don't know how this is all going to play out, they're going to allow uh, these non-biased third-party groups to come in and basically um, give advice and draw the maps. Well, that could be bad news bears if these groups are blue. And it appears, uh, by and large, that they are. But you have redistricting, you have the backpack bill and education choice. Um, and, you know, the other big component that I think Phil Plummer talked about and hit was, you know, 60% threshold um, for a constitutional amendment. You know, Bill Seitz and I wrangled over that a little bit last night. But what that means is that uh, there's going to be an amendment on the ballot, proposed amendment, by the left that would move abortion out to about 24 weeks with a bunch of exceptions, including, you know, mom feeling stressed and she can't carry a healthy baby so she can abort it, uh, as well as some LGBTQ plus activism language in the Constitution. Um, and so that seemed to be part of the deal that, that they were not going to allow that to happen. Um, I can't wait to talk to Jay Edwards on our podcast tonight because I'm going to ask him about some of those things. Jack, of all of the things you just listed and that Phil Plummer listed <clears throat> that are in play now because of this uh, this power play, which is the most concerning to you? Is it the redistrict- redistricting? Is it the HDR sex constitutional amendment? Is it the backpack bill? Is it save women's sports? All these things that we expected we would pass easily with the supermajority, and now it's all going downhill and perhaps in the other direction. Uh, which of those is the most concerning to you? Well, I'm going to say something tongue-in-cheek. Um, you know, the redistricting, it is on paper pretty scary, but then you look at the type of Republicans that, that have been elected and you go, does it even matter? Maybe you need more Democrats in the House or in the Senate. Um, but, you know, I think they're the already one there. Is, they're just wearing R's. They're just they just have an R behind their names. Many yeah. people would say I, here, here's the one that bothers me. And, and uh, Bill Sipes and I talked about this last night and he brought it up with respect to a discharge uh, petition. That was one of the rule changes that Marin's people wanted yesterday. They wanted, you know, as few as 32 people in order to get a piece of legislation out of a committee. And he said, well, isn't that crazy? This same group of people that wants 60 percent voter approval for a constitutional amendment, they only want a 32 percent quota for a discharge petition. And I said, well, Bill, um, legislation is different than a constitutional amendment. And um, and he said, well, yeah, but, you know, only a minority. And I said, well, OK, then explain Jason Stevens getting 22. So we kind of went down that road. But the point is this. If 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 less than if the United States Constitution requires 66 uh, percent approval of a resolution in Congress and then it gets kicked to the states and then and then three fourths, 75 percent of states have to ratify a constitutional amendment. If it only takes 50 percent approval for a constitutional amendment, that scares me. Because we know how well-funded certain groups are. We know how they can market messages that are half true or completely false and get maybe 50.08% of the vote. Uh, 60% is harder to get. I think 
represents a little bit low, frankly. Uh, if the U.S. Constitution has 66 percent, I think it begs the question, why wouldn't we want the same thing in Ohio? I concur. And, you know, the, so that's the one that bothers me the most, Bob. I have talked to a lot of conservatives who completely disagree, and they like it at 50%. They think it should not be more difficult for the people to have a say in their in their uh, government and to have a say in what the Constitution says. And uh, I don't understand it. I've had debates and I've had discussions with them, but I'm with you. Uh, I think it ought to be the same way that the um, U.S. Constitution is. Uh, now, having said all of that, I'm going to ask you one last question here, Jack. Sure. Based on your conversation with Bill Seitz, based on your conversation with uh, uh, with Sarah Carruthers, based on your conversation, as brief as it was, based on your conversation with Jay Edwards or anybody else you've talked to, do any of these Gang of 22, do they seem proud of what they've done, or are they undercover for what they've done? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's, it's too soon. I think emotions are high right now, um, and I think that, you know, they've been very aggressive about providing every reason or excuse that they can for doing what they did. But, you know, I've said it, we've said it on the podcast, the proof's in the pudding. What happens with the resolution uh, to protect the Constitution at 60 percent? What happens with the backpack bill? What happens with um, state women's abortion? Well, they'll pass that one and take a victory lap is what I've heard. But, you know, how does this all play out? And And I think at some point, um, there's going to be some stuff that lays at their feet, and, and they're going to have to answer for it. I, I don't think they're seeing it now. I mean, you know, they're high-fiving. they got elected to leadership positions. They've got more money in their paychecks. So, um, you know, I can't imagine um, that they're feeling any, you know, any stress or strain right now. But we'll see how that plays out in the next six months. Jack Windsor uh, laying it out for us. Uh, read his coverage of uh, all of the events involving the Ohio State House rules package yesterday, and the vote on chair, uh, excuse me, on uh, and the appointments of chair, uh, chairs to committees, and more at theohiopressnetwork.com. And tune in tonight. Actually, are we live tonight, or are we recording tonight? Uh, yeah, that's I'm a good not, question. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Either. But I can tell you that either tonight live after seven o'clock. Or uh, you can find it tomorrow uh, uploaded to your favorite podcast page, whether it be Spotify or Apple uh, Apple uh, Podcasts or uh, iHeart or whatever they all are. Uh, we put them up everywhere. But um, we will have Jay Edwards on the uh, on the podcast tonight. One of the gang of twenty two, one of the cabal, the steel of twenty three, the coup of twenty two, and all these other cute little nicknames Jack has come up with. We're going to talk to him, and we're going to hold his feet to the fire, as we will everybody who is in that gang of twenty two. You're going to want to hear that on Talk It Smack with Bob and Jack. So check for it tonight, check for it tomorrow. And Jack Windsor, uh, we're looking forward to it, my friend. I'll talk to you then. Thanks, brother. Talk to you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.